Business as Unusual is a thought-provoking podcast that explores the innovative strategies, disruptive ideas, and unconventional practices driving successful leaders and companies in the ever-evolving world of modern business. Subscribe, comment, and share for weekly inspiration with our host, Aisila. Hi, welcome to Business as Unusual. This is Aisla, and I'm very excited to be here with Jesse Carroll. Welcome to the show, Jesse. Thanks for having me. Before we get into the nitty gritty of your business, let me ask you, what's a hobby of yours that you think would surprise folks? Depending on who it is, I am a big gamer at heart. My family knows this. My friends out here have no idea. I play Call yeah. of Duty Warzone almost on a nightly basis with a very serious squad. So every night around 8 p.m. Eastern time, I turn into a warrior. Oh, oh yeah. nice. Diablo 4 right here. Really? I play Diablo 4 too. Oh my gosh. I love it. And then will you tell the folks that are listening a little bit about your business? The little description name, who you work with, that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Jesse Carroll. The name of my business is Jesse Carroll Coaching. I am a voice actor. I've been a voice actor for the past seven years. And I started with knowing nothing about voice acting, all the way to making over six figures a year for the last six, almost seven years now. So what I've done, because people always ask me, how do you get into voice acting? What do you do? So I've taken exactly what I did when I started, and I put it into a coaching program. And the program's newer, but the method isn't. I started developing it back in January of this year. And I've got a handful of clients and they've been getting good results. That's really fantastic. I've worked with a couple of voice actors over the years and I've heard it's an incredibly competitive field. So that's amazing that you were so successful right out of the gate. Yeah, I, you know what? I think probably one of the reasons for that was because I didn't take any coaching and I didn't know any better. I think one of the things that makes it super competitive is everybody has an idea of what it is and what you're supposed to sound like. So they end up doing the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. So I have casting directors tell me all the time that when they go through the voice auditions, they listen to about five seconds of it and they can already tell what mm -hmm. the rest of it could be. You know what I mean? They know mm -hmm. exactly what the voice actor is going to do with the copy. Whereas when I started, I had no idea what I was doing. So I just tried to do it like as myself, speak from the heart. And mm -hmm. I had a lot of success with that. And that's what I try to teach other people as well, is there's no getting it right in voiceover. And this is commercial voiceover that we're talking about, by the way. Animation and video games, that's something that I'm starting to get into, but that's not what I teach. I teach commercial like explainer videos, the kind of stuff you hear in advertisements and YouTube videos. As yeah. a gamer, I feel like you should be doing some video game voiceover work, uh, I'll be honest. I want to. I've done some video games. I've got a really big audition for a video game that's due tomorrow for one that everybody knows, but I can't say what it is because video games are weird. When you go for them, like they make you sign ironclad NDAs and you can't say anything. And if I did, it'd be all over the internet. But mm -hmm. I've done some video games that are still in development that I can't talk about yet, but I'm doing, starting to do more and more. Of it. It's a funny industry though, for as far as video games are concerned, because AI is starting to really get into it where they want to use your likeness and they want to be able to use your voice again after you've recorded it. Because AI isn't good enough to just take your voice and run with it. You have to do a bunch of specific things. I don't think that's a good idea as a voice actor. And I just turned down a job because they wanted me to do some AI so they could just keep updating and changing the dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't. 
I yeah, I support your self advocacy. I think AI, and this is a total deviation. I but I think oh. AI has the possibility. It's like the printing press, right? Like it it has the opportunity to be a useful tool. Yeah. And the way that we do things, it's going to be the hammer that hits every nail <laughs> for a while. And some of these ethical considerations, they're really problematic. Yeah, yeah. you got to watch out for yourself in that way. Well, here's the thing. I think a lot of people that are in terms of like from an actor's point of view, a lot of people are using AI to try and replace voice actors or just get their likeness and use it over again. People like everybody has not to get too woo woo on you, but we have a sixth sense. You can tell when there's something up with someone, if they're dealing with a life problem, just by hearing the sound of their voice and AI can't replicate that. Mm -mm. So you're going to have these companies that are going to make these productions with AI voices or AI generated images. And people, even if it's so hard to tell, people are just going to know there's just something off about it. And the reason that I bring that up as well is because when I'm doing commercial voiceover, everybody freaked out when AI started coming on or starting to use AI, but I could always tell if it was AI or not. And right now clients are coming and saying, hey, make sure that you're not using an AI voice version of yourself. Hey, don't sound like an AI. Use real emotion. All the big brands for the big jobs, they do not want anything to do with AI because it's impersonal. Yeah. People are trying to sell something. They want everything to be authentic right to its very core. Like Apple, that was their whole platform over PC. When they're like, hey, we're Apple. We're like real people. We're not like sitting at a desk, but I don't know if you remember those commercials. <laughs> that put skyrocketed them because nobody was doing that. Everyone was doing super professional commercials. You're in a suit. Anyway, yeah. authenticity, I think, is going to be huge. And that's how you combat against AI because AI can't do that. It'll always be a representation of human emotion, never actually human emotion. And you need emotion to connect with people. Yeah, and it, that's connection is a huge driver of joy, culture, sales, yeah. all of it. Like the connection is where it comes in to play a lot of, in a lot of ways. One hundred percent. So this is business as unusual. What do you see as being unusual about what you do? Aside from um, being authentic, because I, I love that. <laughs> we already said that one. So you have to come up with another one. Now. What I do in terms of like how I coach. How you coach what or your voiceover like, process? I, the, sort of the, I know you have a lot of irons in the fire. So the one that you're most interested in focusing on here. Yeah, absolutely. You know what's so funny? I spent a long time managing nightclubs, like about 20 years. So the fact that I'm like not doing that anymore and I work out of home all the time by myself, I'm the only person in the room. Usually it's just people over the headset. That is so unusual to me to think that's actually like the life that I'm living now compared to where it was just pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. Because I remember at first when it started, I mean, I was making really good money doing right out of the gate. I was claiming six figures a year, but I always had that. When you start a new business, you always think, what if it just, if it's a fluke this time and what if it tanks? Mm-hmm. So I always kept on to the nightclub management job for maybe a little bit longer than I should. And then when the pandemic hit and that was ripped away, I was like, wow, I'm really doing this. For real, this is like my full-time job now. Everything's okay. So there's like, usually probably once a week, I do a reality check where I pinch myself and be like, wow, this is such a cool life. I can do this. I don't have any bosses. I don't have to go anywhere. My commute is from my bed into my sound booth. Mm-hmm. No traffic, no nothing. It's nice. Unless yep. I have to go to an actual studio, but that's always fun. Too. No, no my, drunk people falling on you about... <laughs> no, 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 there's no drunk people. I can imagine if I'm recording with a drunk who's like... Oh, yeah. Jesus. All right, man. Just one more time. It's all wasted on the other end. Of- Why does it think about the nightclubs? I don't know. I've been out to one or two in my life. 
You know, it's funny. Nightclubs, like the life was so wild. Like nightclub is the only job that you can show up to hungover or drunk and people will give you a congratulations for it. Like you couldn't uh-huh. do that like a doctor, right? You're going to show up for surgery. Are you hungover? Yeah. Here, have another shot. That'll make you better. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so who would, who do you normally work with for your voice coaching or your voiceover classes? Who All thrives kinds with that service? Yeah, all kinds of people. Right now, it's a lot of actors. Actors are really interested in it. They go with it really well. I've got another lady who is actually an influencer, and she just always wanted to do it. She's got a heck of a voice. Hmm. And I'm doing private lessons with her as well to try and get her to the level she needs to be at. I actually had an interview today. I was interviewing a client because when people want to work with me one-on-one, I have two versions of my course, one where they can just go through it, like how I did when I started with people's goes through the course alone and it, all the modules teach you how to do it but it's always better to work with a coach while you're doing it too and i do offer that but you have to go through an interview with me first to make mm. sure we're on the same page that i don't want to charge somebody money like working with me personally if they're also not going to do the work because then yeah. that's not good for anybody and it work when you're starting and i had an interview today and it was a lady and this young girl and she was so enthusiastic but they wanted to do video games and animation. And I don't teach that. I teach mm. commercials, I explain your videos. The jobs that are better for like when you're first getting into it that don't require acting experience, I also pay mm-hmm. the most. And they really, she wanted to be in a Pixar film. So mm. 20 minutes, just like writing down all the names of the best like animation video game teachers I could remember and just forward it over. And hopefully they'll take that and run with it. Who knows? Maybe she'll be the next big Pixar star. That's great. I really appreciate that. I have a similar, I don't work with people if I can't help them. Like I have a, I have a list of professionals that I refer to when I'm not the right fit. It's part of the way that I want to show up in the world, which is I want to give people the product or the service that is the best fit for both of us. There are people I feel like who kind of hoard business and that's a way. And I've always felt that by just being open and having that kind of attitude, the people who come to me, even if they don't hire me, they're happy about it. They'll say nice things about me. And I know that they're getting the best possible service that I'm aware of, which is I feel it just feels better. A hundred percent, hundred percent. And like, as far as I'm sure you probably do something similar, but like, I, I mean, as long as the person's doing what I'm telling them to do and they're following the plan a hundred percent of the time, I'm going to get the results. That's the goal, right? So if I'm interviewing somebody and I just, I just don't think that we're on the same page, we're not clicking. I, and if I'm unsure if I can get the results, I'm not going to work with them because that feels terrible too as a coach. If you work with someone and you're like, I don't know how to help this person because they won't help themselves. So I want to make sure that some, everyone's really wants to do it before I work with them personally. No, I think that's really smart. And, and it's not something I think, I don't haven't talked about it much on, in my, on my show. And I think it's actually an important thing to bring up, which is that a good coach who really wants to help you will actually evaluate whether or not you're a good fit if they can. Yeah, hundred percent. Here's the thing. Like when I came to, I mean, I live in New York city. I'm originally mm-hmm. Canada from Vancouver. And I came here to study with Terry Neckerbacher, who is the coach of Sam Rockwell. That's who's he's famous for coaching Sam Rockwell in his career and Emmy Rossum, Daniel Craig and all these stars and everything. And before I could study with him, he had an interview because he was saying like, I'm not going to get you to come all the way from Vancouver to New York City, I don't think that I can help. And mm. that always stuck with me personally. And that's how I want to run my business too, is to make sure that the people that I work with get 
insane results and end up doing things in their career. And I want to help them get there, but they've got to want to get there too. There's mm -hmm. no thought trying to, I think there's probably coaches out there. I hope there's not too many that just take on as many people as they can just to pay the bills, which I understand paying the bills, but I don't need to through coaching. So I just want to do it because I enjoy it. And I want to make sure that people get results. I love that. So tell me about advice that you've received or something that you took as advice that has influenced the way you approach your work. Uh, yeah, there's a, when I first started doing voiceover, the very first coach I ever worked with was a guy named Noel Johansson at On The Mic Voiceover School in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. And he was referred to me by somebody else. It was called like the Yoda of voiceover, <laughs> which is funny because he's like a younger guy. Like he's only a little bit older than me, but he's been doing it like his whole life. And I had all these, I, like I do, when I first started, I did really good at the high energy stuff because I'm a former stand-up comedian. I have a lot of experience with microphones, so I had a bit of a leg up. And I think that's what helped me book at first. It's getting mm -hmm. all this high energy stuff or charismatic reads when I had trouble with the heartfelt stuff or the really personal things. And he was always saying, start here. Mm -hmm. If you're talking about something that's, let's say, for instance, and I just released a YouTube video about this. If you're talking about, let's say it's a PSA and it's about cancer. Mm -hmm. Don't just make your voice quiet and serious about cancer. Why not? Has it touched your life in any way? Do you know somebody whose life it has? And if it hasn't, is there something along those lines, you know, that's as serious that you could relate to that would help? Or if there's, if you're talking about a product in voiceover, let's say it's, you're talking about Orange Theory, which is a commercial I did before. Orange Theory is a gym where they do high intensity work. If you were to do a commercial for Orange Theory, you never heard of it. All you knew was, is that it was a gym, but you've been to a different gym and you can relate to that and talk about that gym using the script. So what I'm saying is that he gave me the advice to make everything as personal as possible. Everything as personal as possible. Because when you're starting voiceover, the trap is the words are on the page and you don't have to memorize them. You can just read them. And that's what people mostly do when they start. They just read the words and there's zero light behind it. I think that's actually good advice in life, it, which is weird. People say don't take things personally. And I think that's probably true. However, to be present in a personal way and to really relate to folks as people. I do feel yeah. like there's a lot of disconnection and like just dehumanization in that. I don't know. You're saying that and I'm like a voiceover, but also maybe life lessons from Jesse. I've just yeah. created that for you. <laughs> <laughs> this is like all the stuff I know is stuff I heard from other people too. Like my coach, Terry, he would, he just bullet, he would drop gems like every class. And one thing he said a bunch, which I think he got from somebody else was that in acting or in life in general, as an artist, you want to be so open and so vulnerable that even the wind hurts. Yeah. Stop with me, I was that vulnerable, that open, that even the wind hurts. Yeah. The way to live. I think you have to have like, a courage and a kind of a strength in your heart, like a very, and a very clear sense of yourself yeah. to be that vulnerable. A hundred percent, for yeah. sure. So what do you do to keep yourself inspired or to recharge? I like to, I like, I love to just go see films. That's one of my mm -hmm. best, or going to see Broadway, not in New York. I love doing that as well. I'm I so been jealous. Oh man, when I was in, when I was in class, like Terry would always get free tickets to the shows. So oh. for, like clients, these coaching stuff, so we get these tickets and we get to go and man, it was awesome when it was free. And oh, now, yeah. now I don't see every show, but yeah, it's great. There's some really good shows that come through here. I saw Daniel Craig in 
Mayor Bass. They were doing that on Broadway. Yeah. That was next level. It was really awesome. Can imagine. That's awesome. What does success look like to you? It's a tough question for me because I have all of these little goals. And ultimately, the ultimate success, I don't know what that is. Mm. I think always progressing. I think after I tackle whatever goals in front of me, then I set a new one right away. I think success to me, in terms of, let's say if you're talking about like a monetary value, I want to be able to have a little success where I can take care of my friends and family fully mm-hmm. or people around me because I grew up extremely poor and there, it was hard to get food a lot of time or be hungry all the time. Christmas was like, get a baseball hat. That was awesome when I was a kid. Looking back at that, I just don't want any of my friends and family to go through that. So my goal is to get the level of success where I can just take care of it. That would be fun. Now, in terms of like my personal aspirations and my career, what would success look like? To be able to choose all the projects that I want to be involved in, be able to express myself as an artist full. Whether it's in voiceover or in film and TV, which I do as well. Yeah, that would be the way to go. And to be able to help people achieve their dreams too. There's a saying in the business where they say, in acting mainly, where you send the elevator down. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I mean? Once mm-hmm. you go up, send the elevator down. And I've seen people do that. And I would love to get in a position where I could do that too. I love that. When I started my consulting business, my goal was to work for people that I respected, helping them to achieve things that they were powerfully good at and to be part of amplifying their success. And that's because I know it's geeky. Like Your answer is way better than that. You got like a slogan and everything. You worked that. I spent a lot of time in those little kids. Like I spent four hours in a spreadsheet yesterday. And yeah. I honestly loved it, but I did social justice nonprofit work for a long time. And what I really got, and I also raised two kids and it's the, it's every moment that matters, right? Like people always want to show up for the flashy stuff. They want to come and do like when it was the activism, they want to come and do the protest or they want to call the media, but yeah. nobody wants to do the filing or empty the trash. And that actually is the thing that keeps us going. And so really realizing that when you can be present to that full spectrum of what's happening, it's in a lot of ways, it's my authenticity piece and recognize that these things that can feel tedious or unmeaningful are actually the foundation and the structure of those impacts in the world and in the places that you really want to be part of things. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's not as fun, I'm saying, <laughs> but it's just, <laughs> it's, an, it's, I thought about it a lot because I had, you know, to build this, I had to really be committed. And I thought I want to work for people ultimately that I would work for free. I can't afford to do that. That's, but as as long as that's possible, that's what I want to try. I think that's a really good thing to strive for sure. That's honestly, that's I put that towards like when I say that I want to work on whatever projects I want to work on. Yeah. We like, even if there's no budget, like for free, there's so mm-hmm. many people do for free for sure. Right. To express myself. Yeah. It's am- and it's such a, it's such a power. I want that for everybody. Actually, I have a whole radical idea about how society should work and <laughs> I want everyone to uh, have that. You know, the wage for everybody. You know what? That's going to come soon with AI. Like it's going to take certain jobs mm-hmm. really quickly in the next few years. It's going to happen very quickly. And there's going to be a need for a basic minimum wage. Mm, I hope so. Did you see the the world of Warcraft? They Reddit community 
created a series of Reddit posts to mess with the news bots and it worked. And the news bots <laughs> like put out, I'll send you, I'll send you the video. It's hilarious because there was all of these news releases about stuff that didn't ever happen in World of Warcraft. They made it all up just to see what would happen. And they're like, look, yeah, AI is great. And we still need somebody to supervise it because this is 100% not real. Yeah. <laughs> but they made it all up. I love, like we said before, I love geeky gamers. They're just, they make my heart happy. My play, dog. play WoW? Way back in the day. I actually played the standalone games before they came out. I don't know if you, I actually. I play, I tried to play once and my computer wasn't powerful enough. But the screen just kept skipping and I was like trying to play and I was just, ah. Acted and couldn't do it. Now that was, I grew up in the age when girls weren't supposed to be gamers and I was actually really good at it. So we, I went down to like my friend's office and we're playing, I think it was like the second World of Warcraft and maybe the third one. And I had already pissed his boss off by winning a, a game, like a board game night. Like he was like, girls can't come because they cry when they lose. And then I killed them all. And then girls weren't allowed to come anymore. And I'm like, we know who cries when they lose now. But then the World of Warcraft, they were playing on this network. I see, I hear his boss like, who's destroying me? And it was me. I had a submarine and I was like, and I didn't know it was his thing. And I'm like, oh, my friend's going to get fired. I, I, I can't have a game nights anymore. It's not good. That's awesome. <laughs> so then, yeah, I didn't play the first one. I didn't play Evercrack or World of Warcraft that much, but I like I like Diablo. Yeah, it's got those elements though. Like it's they keep coming up the season. I can see it going a while. Yeah, okay, okay, so I don't know if you're like a D and D fan, but they've got absolutely folders uh-huh. coming out. I'm, just, I'm so glad I have an Xbox so I can delay because it's not coming out for Xbox until the end of the year. So okay. I got I'm before I get sucked into the world. It's apparently it's the biggest game that's ever been created. Or as far as the RPGs go, there's a million and one different endings depending on your choices throughout the game, and it's just like I've been watching all these streamers talk about it. And I'm like, there's no way this this is insane. Yeah, I've seen Baldur's Gate advertised, but I haven't looked into it at all. Did you play the other two Baldur's Gate? Baldur's Gate one, no, amazing. Yeah, games. pretty dated now, but voice acting is awesome, and this voice acting looks incredible. That's the kind of stuff I would like to do eventually. Oh, that'd be great. Have you ever, are you aware, have you heard of Critical Role? Do you know them? Uh, I know Critical Role. Uh, they're all voice actors. Yeah. So them. my friends and I did a D&D podcast for a little while and then. No way. Yeah, no, it's, it's out there. <laughs> I was a, a warrior. I had a lot of fun. I'll be honest. <laughs> awesome. I don't think I've actually played since the second edition. I had every, like I memorized every book that uh, the Dungeon Master Dap manual player's handbook the monstrous endium like all that stuff i had down yeah no it looks like i said when i grew up like you girls can be geeky right like we had to fight to get in i found like a D book when i was in high school but i couldn't find anyone to play with and so i like made this character and then i get to college and my friend is running a game and i pull out this character that i made when i was 14 i'm like can i play this <laughs> i don't think like we will make it work <laughs> nice it was the sweetest thing and i've always played with people who are very story driven so yeah that was fun and then when my kids were little we played with them so they grew up i actually think it's a great way to engage with young people because they have this freedom and they're not stuck in the tropes like adults they responded to challenges in a really interesting way and you just have to when they're they were like five and six when we started so you kind of you strip down the rules a little bit but yeah it was a really great 
way to connect as a family and to yeah. just see them express themselves in different things. So that's super cool. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. It still is. We play, we still play on um, one of the things we do for holidays is we'll have a special session. <laughs> like Christmas Day, like you open the presents and then someone runs a game. <laughs> that's how our family does. Did you ever play till the sun came up? Like you just lose track of time and then like hours and hours. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's just, it's one of those things that honestly, when my kids were younger, cause you have to be so on it. And I, I was a young mom and I, so I didn't get to do certain things out in the world, which is fine. It was my choice, but I would use D and D as a way to express those parts of my personality. Like I had to be very gentle and giving. So my characters like mercenaries and like stabbing people in the back. No, it was really bad. Like one of my best friends, we've been playing together for 20 years and like, my character like stabbed her in the back and sliced her face and she got someone to draw a picture of it it was just she's you're so sweet in real life and i'm like this is why <laughs> in the game i am scary it's fine that's so cool for folks who are listening and they're like i've always wanted to be a voice actor how do they what do they do to learn more follow you get in touch yeah. Okay. There's two things I would suggest. Either get in touch with me. So you can go to jessicarolcoaching.com. And on my website, it tells you all the ways that you can work with me. And there's two different ways to work with me one-on-one or go through the course alone. If you don't have time to work one-on-one and you can always hire me later if you want to do that. Or if you want to just do it completely on your own, there's a wealth of information out there. It's a lot. You got to consume it all, but just get started. So go into YouTube, just type in how to be a voice actor. That's how I got started. Go down the rabbit hole of all the videos you can watch. Go online and search out all the information on blogs and stuff. And the main thing that you want to do before you anything else, make a decision and decide you're going to do it. And then go out and either buy your equipment or rent it. Rent it for super cheap. And then build your home studio, get all your gear, because now it's sitting there doing nothing until you figure out what exactly. That is how I got started. Because if you think it's something that you're going to do where it's, casual or it's a hobby you could but it's going to take you way longer you need to deck out like i would say a good month when you're starting to okay i'm going to get all my gear i'm going to set up my space now i'm going to record some stuff i'm going to take the next step and the next step and just really get it all because voiceover the learning curve really steep at first especially if you haven't done it like i didn't know how to record or edit or how to use any of the different software stuff that you can use or where to get work and all that what, once you learn all that, the learning curve is like this, and then it plateaus. Mm-hmm. Once you get the basic stuff out of the way, which I also happen to teach in my course, once you get that out of the way, then you want to get some coaching as you need it, right? You go to a person, you go to a coach in person, or you can coach with somebody online, coach with me or somebody else. Yeah, there's lots of coaches, lots of ways. But the way that I teach it as well in my program is exactly what I said, like all the stuff that you need to know to get started in voiceover from like, Buying the gear, setting up your home studio, how to record and edit, where to find the work, how to book the work, how to do the work, how to work with directors, all the stuff that you need to know to actually work as a voice actor. Because when you go to most voice acting schools, they'll have classes where you just go and you read scripts, which is part of the equation, but it's not enough. And they don't care if you have a home studio. So when I used to teach at a place called Story Institute in Vancouver, I was taking over for a different teacher who booked this big film and she couldn't do the class anymore. So I jumped in as a sub and nobody in class had any kind of voiceover equipment at home at all. Like I, I'd say about three weeks in, 
I had them all get their own stuff, even if it was just something as simple as USB mic, so they could at least practice at home. You can't book, mm-hmm. you could try and book work with a USB mic, but you need actual competitive equipment because you're up against pros right away. But everybody was booking by the, like about a month into the class when I was working because I always concentrate on the home studio part of it because that's the way the world works. Now. Mm-hmm. You can be the best person in the world at voiceover and attend script reading classes five nights a week. Scripts can be amazing. And you're never going to work unless you have all the basic stuff and gear and editing, you know, how to get work and all that kind of stuff sorted at home. Mm-hmm. Now, the business side of a lot of these things is often the place that people get tripped up, unfortunately. So yeah. that's really great that you offer those tips. I feel like that's a huge service because once you've learned something, being able to, like you said, send the elevator back down and help people. Yeah figure out how to be there because there's plenty of work for everyone. So it's just a matter of, yeah. Here's a, to give you an idea, I get usually around somewhere around 60 auditions a day. Try to do them all. If I'm busy and I'm working, I probably can't do them all. And that's common once you get to the pro level of voice acting. So there's no, it's not less work out there. The more voice actors are, it's actually Everything these days, as far as advertising is going, is turning into video and Mm -hmm. audio. And so there's a million and one podcasts and those commercials that pop up on there. That's somebody's, that's a job. Somebody booked Mm -hmm. that job as a voice actor. So there's thousands, thousands. When you say you get auditions, like they, they just come to your door knocking. How does that work? Well, I have an agent and then there's also casting sites and stuff that send auditions as well. So there's, I don't want to name the sites because I don't want anybody to think that I'm like, pushing them but all you do is just google voiceover casting sites and you know the first few that you see probably the biggest ones to be on some of them are better than others some of them do have been known to do some shady practices so it's like the wild west of the voiceover world but that's where the bulk of auditions when you're starting come okay. and once you're working that way then you branch off you get an agent and they'll send you a higher quality jobs but there's always going to be the competition there because there is a lot of voiceover actors. But as long as you can be you and and find a way to tap into the unique thing that makes you, then you're going to be just fine. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'll give you an example. So there's a an actor out there named Sam Elliott. Do you know who he is? The older gentleman? Older gentleman. He's like yeah. a gal. Mm-hmm. A he's got the, yeah. still, a lot of the time, clients will send audition directions and they'll say, we want like a Sam Elliott type. <laughs> or we want like a Morgan Freeman type or James Earl Jones or some famous voice of God kind of person. Every time I get something that says something like that, I don't try to imitate that person. I ignore that because what they're actually saying is they want somebody that's so unique and so themselves that it can't be replicated. Mm-hmm. So that I be more into myself because that's when you sound like you're a Morgan Freeman type or a Sam Elliott type when you have your own voice that's so unmistakable. That it cuts through the noise. If you can find a way to do that in voiceover, you can work out stuff. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thank you. <laughs>